everyone. Today we're recording an interview as part of Gatehouse Chambers Black History Month. I'm Emily Betts and this is Brian Frimpong, our newest practice manager. Today we're going to be speaking to James Hall, also a member of Chambers and who's also an EDI officer of Chambers. Hi Emily. Hi Brian. Um, so Brian, do you want to kick us off with the first question? Okay. All right, James. Uh, what does Black History Month mean to you? It means a few things really. Um, I mean, I have to say, prior to becoming um, an EDI officer, that's an Equality, Diverse, Diversity and Inclusion Officer for Chambers, which um, I became early last year, around the time at the start of the COVID pandemic. Um, obviously, I was aware of it and uh, knew roughly when it was, but I have to say, I perhaps wasn't as aware of it as I should have been. Uh, and since then, and also since the kind of Black Lives Movement has got going as well, um, it's been much more my radar. And so um, last year, um, as a Chambers, we um, did something to market. We published a number of um, online articles about um, black lawyers who have inspired us. So I actually wrote one about Michelle Obama um, because she was a lawyer before she was the first lady um, uh, of the United States. Uh, and she's just a very inspiring person in general. But uh, it's really that time last year, October last year, that I really started um, properly being aware of it. And I think it's just a um, it's a good time to basically celebrate um, black people and people of colour and um, also acknowledge some of the disadvantages uh, that black people have sometimes uh, and really just, you know, just to raise awareness. So, uh, yeah, it means quite a lot to me now. But I have to be honest and say until last year, I wasn't really paying it enough attention. And um, James, you, uh, I, I know, I identify as an, as an ally. Um, can you tell us what, what it means to you to be an ally? Yeah, so, I mean, I identify as an ally um, to various groups. So LGBT um, Q plus groups uh, and also uh, and to um, people of colour. I mean, there's quite a lot of difficulty around um, the terminology you even use, of course, because um, uh, you could use BAME, but some people think that that's an inappropriate acronym. You could use um, Black Indigenous People of Colour. Um, so I'm just going to say um, people of colour. That's the, the phrase I'm going to use. So I am an ally um, to both Black people of colour and other people of colour uh, and all people, to be honest. Uh, but um, what it means to me, I guess, is just being sort of proactively supportive rather than just being passive. So um, we did some training earlier this year in May, uh, a number of us from Chambers, which was provided by uh, another barrister called Raggy Kotak, um, who's at uh, One Pump Court, who provides anti-racism training um, to barristers, to solicitors, to other organisations. And she's just a She's just a fantastic individual and trainer. Um, and that uh, really helped me to um, sort of understand what I should be doing, actually, as an ally, which is not just, you know, I consider myself an ally anyway, but I was probably guilty of being a bit passive. Um, and being an ally really means actually, um, you know, looking out for... Um, instances of discrimination or racism and calling it out, 
doing something about it generally raising awareness trying to which i do with my edi officer hat on um sort out systems in our workplace um and you know just do something practically more than just sitting back and saying well i'm not racist um so that's okay so i think that's what being an ally is about really it's about being more proactive uh, and actively supportive as well as as well as having those basic um, anti-racist, anti-discrimination views. Also, have, do you think you've seen any changes over time? Well, in the workplace? Yeah, um, in the workplace. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, as a barrister, you get, you get sort of, I suppose, like anybody, really, you get little um, snapshots, don't you? You know, you're, you've got your workplace. It's hard to speak to... Um, the bar as a whole, the legal industry as a whole, um, society as a whole. But I've worked in a few workplaces during my 20-year career so far, so three different chambers and one solicitor's firm. And um, yes, I mean, I would say there have been some positive changes. Uh, uh, you know, it is getting more diverse. Um, people of colour are getting more represented in um, the legal sector, but still, uh, so far as I can tell, nothing like um, adequately represented. It's not um, proportionate to the number of black people or Asian people in the population, for example. So, and also you tend to find that, um, I mean, and there's some intersectionality here as well with sex and gender, because um, again, women aren't represented adequately at the upper end of the legal professions. For example, it's the same with um, people of color. So, um, yeah, I think there's been some progress. Um, I mean, in our chambers, uh, noticeably amongst the practice management team, including you, Brian, of course, um, you know, there has been uh, progress in recruiting more people of colour and um, having a more ethically diverse um, group of people working on that side of the business. Um, amongst the members of chambers, the barristers in chambers, um, yeah, I think in the last six years since I started at what was Hardwick, it's now Gatehouse, um, there has been uh, slightly more diversity. Uh, I think we've probably got more Asian barristers now than we used to have. Um, but we haven't recently recruited um, any black pupils, for example. Uh, and that's something um, that the um, EDI committee in chambers is actively looking into. Uh, because although we get um, applications from hundreds of people that want to train to become a barrister, including many people of colour, um, certainly in the last couple of years, uh, there hasn't been a great proportion of people of colour who've got to the final round of interviews and no one's been recruited. Now, that could simply be because of merit, um, but we've got to make sure that we have the right systems in place to make sure that, that um, people uh, with all protected characteristics you know, get a fair chance to get these positions. So I think... There's more that we can do definitely in our organisation on recruitment to try and make it more diverse uh, and more inclusive as well. Yeah, James, I was actually just going to come on and ask you, um, maybe with your EDI hat on or not, um, to say what we're doing in chambers around race issues. Because you, you were saying that, that this is obviously something that, that's important that we need to address. Yeah. So... Um, so we have an EDI committee. Um, I think the regulations are such that you only actually have to have one, any chambers only has to have one 
um, equality, diversity and inclusion officer and one uh, data officer effectively who has some responsibilities that overlap uh, with diversity, like monitoring um, diversity within chambers. And we actually now have uh, three, as it were, official EDI officers that are registered um, with the Bar Standards Board uh, and the data officer and two other barrister members of our EDI committee. Uh, and we also have two non-barrister members of our EDI committee. So um, our chief executive and our operations director, um, Amanda and Zoe are also on the committee. So that's already a pretty chunky committee, um, which is a mixture of men, women, uh, uh, Mariah Fagbor and Bennett, who's the chair of the committee is black, Shazia Akhtar, um, who is a member of the committee is Asian. So that's the committee, but in fact, um, we have also in the last year set up another committee called um, the Race Equality Task Force. And we actually have a task force for um, sex and gender equality and one for social mobility and one for disability as well. But there is a race equality task force. So that is comprised of a couple of members of the EDI committee and a, and a number of other barristers and members of staff um, from chambers. And they have a EDI, of course, covers um, all of uh, the protected characteristics um, and issues around that, whereas the Race Equality Task Force uh, is specifically dedicated to trying to improve um, equality um, in terms of race and ethnicity. So that task force has come up with um, a large number of recommendations, produced a report earlier this year um, around uh, recruitment, uh, retention, around um, trying to prevent or properly deal with discrimination if it should occur in chambers, um, with over 20 recommendations, which we as an EDI committee have been um, considering in depth. Uh, and many of them are now going forward um, with the approval of uh, Chambers Management Committee, um, including uh, analysis of um, work allocation amongst the barristers, uh, to ensure that there's fair allocation of work so far as possible. We're also doing that in relation to um, sex and gender anyway, um, but we're doing it um, uh, in terms of race as well. Uh, training. Um, so I mentioned that training that I had with, uh, that I and a number of colleagues had with Ragged Kotak earlier this year, which was fantastic training. And uh, the plan is to roll that out effectively to a large proportion of chambers. I mean, it will be accessible to um, anyone, but um, subject to uh, uh, our management committee's approval, the plan is to actually make that compulsory for anybody in senior management position um, on a committee of which, as you know, Emily, there are many in chambers. Um, That's almost everyone, isn't it? <laughs> pretty much everyone, yeah. I mean, we basically made it. We're trying to make it so that pretty much everybody is going to end up doing this training, which is um, invaluable. Um, what else are we doing? I mean, there's uh, lots of big and small, I say small, um, big and small things. Of course, none of these things are really small, are they? But just for example, um, exit interviews. So people do leave the business. You know, that's just life, isn't it? People change jobs. And um, what we need to do is ensure that we have a process whereby um the exit interview happens at a stage, say post-reference, for example, so that um, the, the leaving employee can be fully open and honest about their experiences. And if that happened to include, unfortunately, 
um, an element of um, concern about discrimination, then they can actually tell us about that and then we can do something about it. The danger if you have an exit interview, for example, at an earlier stage is that um, the employee leaving uh, is worried that maybe their reference won't be good, even though we will give a, a, a thorough and proper reference anyway. And there's just little things like that, that you just have to be alive to that we're working um, uh, to correct. We're also, as I mentioned earlier, going to look in depth um, at the stats that we have over the last five or six years in relation to pupillage um, and trying to ensure, um, or trying to analyze, first of all, what proportion of um, applicants, so far as we can tell using the data available, have been from uh, are people of color, have been from a uh, black or um, minority ethnic background, and, um, and then analyzing where they've got to in the process and whether or not we think that we need to use, for example, contextualized data um, during both pupillage recruitment, um, but also um, lateral hires, uh, recruitment of established barristers and staff members to try and uh, uh, counter some of the sort of inherent um, uh, almost discrimination that happens in recruitment processes um, because, um, you know, as a general rule, uh, basically, white people have often had more advantages and ended up going to so-called better universities, for example, even though um, uh, they may be no better um, than uh, a black applicant who's been to a so-called less good university. Um, so there's all sorts of um, work to be done there. We are starting that journey, but it is, it is complex. Um, and there are challenges around um, people wanting to declare their ethnicity. Not everybody does, for example. Um, so the, the pupillage gateway that's organized by the Bar Council uh, gives an option to declare your ethnicity, but not everyone does. Um, and nor should we seek to compel anybody to declare their ethnicity. And ethnicity is also a very complicated thing. I mean, it's not just as simple as white, black, whatever. There are, you know, there is, every mixture you can imagine and people identify in different ways as well but at least we are thinking about these things and we're trying to make progress. So James you mentioned um, contextualised data uh, and I was just wondering I'm it's not an expression I've heard before and I know for example that we do do redactions to our pupillage applications to take out information about people's personal characteristics I just wondered if it's the same as that or something different. Yeah, so uh, you're right, that is what we do. And uh, in some ways, that's a very good thing because we're trying to avoid um, unconscious bias um, created by um, knowing someone's gender um, and the perception that people sometimes have about names and ethnicity, although those things, you have to be very careful about attributing an ethnicity to a particular name in any event. Um, but we do anonymize in order to avoid um, those biases. But, but um, the problem with that is that um, sometimes uh, particular applicants have a background, socioeconomic, which may be linked to race. Um, it's not because of their race, but it may happen that their, their racial characteristics coincide with a particular socioeconomic background, for example, uh, which means they haven't had the same um, life chances as someone from a different background. And so contextualized data um, is another way of looking at things that actually proactively seeks out the applicant's 
um, background details of their background. And as you know, I'm not one of the consultants that does this. You know, so I don't have a complete understanding of it. But as I understand it, um, there are consultancies out there who have um, systems, including computer systems with algorithms in them and so on, that will use that data about background to give a weighting to an applicant's application versus the application of an applicant from a more privileged background. So to try and make it simple, for example, you may have two applicants with different degree results. One might have a first and the other might have a 2-1, um, but the person with the first may have a more um, advantaged background and the person with the 2-1 may have a more disadvantaged background. And what the system would do is give extra weighting to the person with um, the 2-1 to take, take that into account. So um, we are looking at um, how we might be able to use uh, systems like that to ensure um, that we are um, giving everybody a, a, a true equal chance um, when it comes to um, applying for positions within chambers. But it has to be said, you know, there is a, there is a scheme uh, with the Bar Council, the Pupage Gateway Scheme, that is quite prescriptive. So there may be a limit to what we can do there. And we don't operate, as you know, Emily, we don't operate recruitment in the same way as many other businesses do. So it's a work in progress, but at least we're aware of it and we are trying to look at solutions for that. That's interesting. Yeah. Also, how do you think we can ensure we're not just trying to be more diverse, but also more inclusive? Yeah, so um, that is obviously one of our aims, you know, as a, as a committee, the committee that I'm on, Quality, Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Um, and that is about... Uh, trying to have a culture, I think, in chambers that is um, homogenous in the sense that we all share similar values, whilst also acknowledging that we have different backgrounds, um, you know, and it's also about things like religion um, as well. So it's not just purely about race, is it, these differences between us, but we can have those differences, but still be part of one collective group with the same basic ambitions. So um, one of the things that, that Gatehouse, as part of its, um, its opening, has done is to adopt Gatehouse Charter, uh, which uh, is basically our mission statement in terms of our culture to try and um, all adopt the same values, to be understanding of each other um, uh, and, you know, pretty much, I guess, celebrate um, our different natures um, as well as uh ensuring that there is so far as we can and you know no organization is perfect but trying to stamp out discrimination um uh, and uh, make sure that uh, everybody feels safe and valued in our organization um and so james you mentioned before um various different recommendations that are being made by the race equality task force um i was just wondering Looking forwards from now, uh, what changes do you hope to see within Chambers in the next year, say, on race issues? And it might be things that you've already mentioned or, or perhaps not. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, there are, you know, there are various things underway, as I've said. And um, I would hope that within the next year, we've certainly got a better understanding uh, on recruitment um, and retention of what's actually been happening, you know, and actually uh, 
because we can talk about these things in a vacuum, but we need that data. So we need to get that data together and properly analyze it. And that's then the platform that we can use to, to affect change. Um, and there are other initiatives that I haven't mentioned earlier that we are now participating in, which have only just started. So hopefully those initiatives are going to produce um, results as well. So uh, we're now part of Bridging the Bar, um, which is uh, an organisation that's recently started uh, with the aim of um, getting uh, work experience uh, for people of uh, all backgrounds, but um, particularly those who are underrepresented at the bar at the moment, which of course, unfortunately, includes people of colour. Um, and we're also um, now part of the commercial bar uh, mentoring scheme, um, which again aims to assist uh, people who aspire to become uh, barristers or work in chambers who are from underrepresented groups. Um, so, in fact, uh, I've just been uh, assigned. Um, a Lebanese lady who is a solicitor already but wants to come to the bar and um, she and I are going to have uh, mentoring sessions over the course of the next academic year where hopefully I can help her to have a, um, a better approach to applications for pupillage, to understand better the nature of, of the bar, um, to give her some um, extra advantages that she might not otherwise have. So I'm really looking forward to that, um, that uh, participating in that mentoring scheme. And I think there's probably, Emily, I think you're involved in it, aren't you? There's about 20 of us that are doing that. That's right. We've got about 20 mentors in chambers on that scheme. Yeah. So um, hopefully we can make a real difference there as well. Um, yeah. And also uh, the, the anti-racism training I mentioned earlier, I'm hoping that that's going to be rolled out to a good proportion of uh, members of chambers. Um, because you know it takes it takes a good day of your time, but it's worth spending that time um, to just get a better approach to these things um, and to have honest conversations as well. I mean, I can't rate that training highly enough um, because it just it's a it's a safe space where everyone can talk about their experiences, good and bad, um, and um, and also get an understanding. Uh, of what other people's experiences have been um, and actually um, although we're all aware there's a lot of discrimination at times in society um, you know we don't always thankfully come into personal contact with it that much we also don't necessarily appreciate that colleagues uh, who are people of color have experienced um, racism on a frequent basis you know they don't go around shouting about it all the time in chambers because they've got a job to do getting on with things and they perhaps don't want to talk about their bad experiences all the time but in in that sort of environment they are able to talk about them and that means that those of us who are lucky enough not to experience racism actually get to hear about it firsthand and better understand it I think. well thank you James perhaps we should have another conversation in a year's time and see how we're doing yeah I'd be happy to do that um and uh, yeah thanks, thanks very much uh, thanks for having me State House Chambers is a barrister's chambers which specialises in legal advice and advocacy in the areas of clinical negligence and personal injury, commercial dispute resolution, construction, insolvency, insurance, private client, professional liability and property. This recording is provided free of charge for information purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. No responsibility for the accuracy 
and or correctness of the information and commentary or for any consequences of relying on it is assumed or accepted by any member of Gatehouse Chambers or by Gatehouse Chambers as a whole.